This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. At the end, I've had several people say, like, I felt like I was in a therapy session for, like, however long you photographed me, but, like, only the good parts were talked about. And I was like, you know what? Whatever happens tonight, you're welcome. You're very, very welcome. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey there, this week my guest on The Portrait System is Ore Adesina, and she is someone I instantly liked when we met at The Portrait Masters shootout. She has amazing energy, and she's just a great storyteller on top of being an incredible photographer. Ore's main focus is individual boudoir and also couples intimate and boudoir sessions. She makes it known that she photographs all bodies and all partners, and she tells stories of love in a raw and beautiful way through her portraits. We talk all about how she makes her clients feel comfortable, how she gets them to interact authentically, and while she's serious about making sure everyone feels good about the interactions, she brings a ton of humor to her sessions. Aurea is someone I'm so happy to have met and chatted with, and I'm really excited to introduce her to you. Okay, here she is, Aurea Adesina. Hi, Aurea. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I am so excited to have you. I just want to let our listeners know that we met in person at the Portrait Masters Conference, or the shootout, excuse me, at the shootout. And I just instantly was like, ooh, I really, really like her. (laughs) And then I pulled up your work and I was like, ah, can I interview on the portrait system? So I'm just so honored to have you here. Oh, I'm honored to be here. Okay, so before we get started on just like your story and what you, you know, how you got to be where you're at and all that good stuff, will you tell the listeners what you mainly focus on and what you mainly shoot and where you live too. Okay. So I shoot boudoir. I shoot all types of people and all types of bodies. What does that mean? Generally speaking, um, I shoot women individually. I shoot men individually, non-binary. And then I shoot couples. So people ask, I can shoot you by yourself. I can shoot you with a partner. Or I can shoot you with two partners if you have that. Literally just a body in front of me and I will photograph you. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And where are you located? I am in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma Oklahoma City. Okay. Mm -hmm. So 
something that I really love about your work, it's exactly what you said. It, there's so much inclusion happening and it there's so much like raw like love happening in your portfolio. And I just thought it was so refreshing and so beautiful. Well, thank you. I the way that my mind works is I don't want to create something repetitive in my artistic expression. Like for Mm -hmm. my day job, everything is repetitive. Everything is streamlined. Everything has a system and a place. And I need it to be that way because I just work very fast paced and things have to go out and things have to be correct. And to do that, I just have to have everything streamlined very well. With photography, like this is my creative expression. And so if I've done it once, I don't want to do it again exactly that same. It has to be different for me, which is kind of a two-edged sword because like I'll create a picture of a couple and I'm like, this is the best picture I've seen. You guys are amazing together. I am in love with you both as just a spiritual being together. There is no way I can ever recreate this again. And I'm crying tears on the inside. But, you know, that's kind of the experience. I want you to see the pictures in my portfolio and say, she can create something special for me that Mm -hmm. won't be the same as anyone else, but will be along the lines of, you know, what I can do versus like putting in the same situation. Yeah, oh, I love that. You're such a creator, I can tell. And so creator as in like, you're not just going to create what you see every day on the internet and, you know, recreate someone else's style. Like you truly have your own vision and your own like vision that you bring to life. And it's just, it's really cool. I I just absolutely love it. Well, I will say that I had to get to that place. It did not happen organically. Like when I started learning about boudoir, going to workshops and mentoring, I was, you know, taking workshops from like, you know, top professionals in the industry and I would use their poses and use their exact setup. And my work looked like a second rate version of their work. And I got frustrated and like I just didn't feel like it was the quality and I'd keep trying. I go, I'm, I'm mirroring their poses exactly. Why does it look like that? And it's because you're not them, right? Yeah. Like they're teaching yeah. you what they do, but they have been practicing doing what they do for years and you're yeah. doing it for months. And so finally it was like, instead of me trying to recreate subpar work of someone else, let me take inspiration from a variety of different areas and use it to create my own work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that, was, that was years of learning yeah. to get to that point. Yeah, yeah. And I love what you said. And, you know, and I should say there's nothing wrong with taking inspiration from other people. And, and you know, some people have more of that creative desire within them. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, those are the people who might, you know, try to... S- strive for like gold awards and, you know, just, just have that like just deep, passionate desire to create. I'm, right. s- I'm just not one of those people. <laughs> like, I love what I do, but right. like there are, there's like a special person, like Sue is a creator. I can tell right. you're a creator. Richard Wood is a creator, like people who just need that, you know? And am I yeah. wrong though? Like, do you feel like that's how you are? 
It is, but I don't want to say that I'm recreating, oh, excuse me, that I'm creating something fresh and new. I do take inspiration from other artists the same way they take inspiration from me. Mm-hmm. But what I don't do is try to replicate exactly what someone else has done, right? Yeah, so if yeah. I see like, I'll see a, either a video or a photo and I, you know, why am I drawn to this photo? What about this photo is pulling me towards it? Is it the pose? Is it the lighting? Is it the mood? What is it? Then take that little aspect of that photo someone created and say, let me make this my own in a way that either can celebrate and or pay homage to somebody else's work, but does mm-hmm. not like mirror or replicate. Because they've created that and it's beautiful just the way it is. And I don't want to recreate a subpar version of what is already amazing. I want mm-hmm. to put my mm-hmm. own breath into that and make it, you know, something that I feel came from, you know, me. Yeah, I love that. And not a lot of people, at least that I've noticed, there's not a whole lot of photographers out there who do couples boudoir couples like intimate sessions like it's a it's a pretty bold genre choice and 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 I'm wondering what if you know really what drew you to it what made you you choose this I guess when I first started out in photography ironically enough I mean I guess here's my origin story (laughs) when I first started I bought a Canon 70D my, my very first camera why mm-hmm. do you ask I was like it was like the top it was the top line of the before you got to a you know a, the big bad boy camera but I want to take pictures of my niece and my nephews or just you know whoever however many kids my brother popped out I was gonna take photos <laughs> of all the cuteness and um I started out taking photos at my local gym because I needed a photographer I needed to practice and so like my first experience taking photos was of CrossFit athletes, right? I would take photos at the gym on the weekends and take photos at competitions. So literally, I'm used to male and female athletes running towards and away from me, knocking me down, yelling at me to get out of the way, but then also like seeing their pain and their tears and their emotion. And I've gotten so many amazing photos of just that emotion that I didn't have to do anything with, right? Like I didn't have to pose mm-hmm. them. Like they were going to give, like, this sounds so bad. And I had athletes look at me real dirty. I was like, are you crying right now? Are those tears? Can you cry <laughs> a little bit harder? I mean, like a ray. Like, Go away. And I'm like, no, but you're crying. You're a pain. Pain faces? Oof. Like they, they knew, like a ray. Over there's the pain face, and I would come <laughs> running, and I would get that pain face. But then, like, then they you would see uh, for my gym members, like all their public pictures were for me, right? Like they, I captured them in a way that showed them. I mean, they were all different body types at my, at my gym, right? It wasn't about like having the perfect body; it was having a body that fueled you to get to where you wanted to be. And mm-hmm. so, I've done other genres as well. I actually transitioned from shooting CrossFit to shooting lifestyle. And then I got into um, documentary photography. Are you familiar with that? Where it's um, shooting like a day in the life and shooting very like stripped down. Like Kirsten Lewis, have you heard of her? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. So she's like the godmother of documentary photography. And I saw her work a long time ago on Creative Live. And I loved the idea of, once again, 
just I thought it was just be, ops can be be at the tripod and capture things happening, but the the one thing that kind of consumes you with this is like you cannot change any element of the situation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if mm-hmm. if I'm gonna go to a family and photograph them, I could hey, here's my ideas of things that you can do, but if you have three kids and you say, hey. Can you watch my kids real fast while I go do X, Y, and Z? I'll be back in like 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes is when your child decides they're going to take your makeup and write on the wall. That's what they're going to (laughs) do. If your child decides they're going to eat crap in their pants and leave the diaper out and just start swinging from the chandeliers, that's what they're going to do. The only thing that I will do is make sure that your children are physically safe. Mm-hmm. Right, like obviously, if your kid takes a knife, starts sticking it into, um, like a life pocket, that's where obviously you know if your right, kids are sticking right. it right. But if your kids are gonna do something that, hey, this, it's, this is how it's gonna roll. But also, if your kids turn the lights off, I'm not touching the lights. Right, I have to be in that moment, and so you have to like be prepared for a lot of situations with that experience, and just be ready for anything because you could miss something big. And I think Kirsten calls it the donkey pull where she was in a situation where like she was in a different place and like something was happening in one corner and like literally on the other corner, something else was happening and she was missing what was happening. And like a girl was pulling a donkey and it looked ridiculous, but (laughs) she was focused. So focused on something else. She almost missed the donkey pull. Mm -hmm. And so, so now like all these things I experienced with, with shooting athletes, shooting Documentary style. So when I shoot couples, right, I give them poses and direction, but then I want them to kind of do their thing, right? Like I don't want to control that environment. Mm-hmm. Just let, mm-hmm. let them go. And then also, I have to constantly be in focus and aware like, and don't miss something. Like, for example, I asked him to do something and then I say, oh, never mind, stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do something real fast. Did you miss the moment where he was going to tell her that, you know, she was his whole world because you mm-hmm. saw the you mm-hmm. saw the clues, but then you stopped to chimp and like mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. like, I take those past experiences and use them to create what I want couples to have for their relationship. And so, when people ask me like, "How do you shoot like I do?" and I'm like, "Um, I, won't. I mean, shoot CrossFit for six years, switch to like family lifestyle for two years, <laughs> you know." Have Kirsten mentor you in a Facebook group oh, for a while and then just go rogue for boudoir and then come. I was like, I don't know. Like, how do I erratically right, explain right. my, yeah. So it's kind of harder to, to explain. Yeah. It's not like you have such great experience that all pulls it together. It's almost like taking right. the best of the best of portraiture with, you know, certain poses that are going to be, you know, engaging or whatever. And then combining right. it with that impulsive sort of, um, I don't know if impulsive is the right word, but that documentary lifestyle right. side. It's really cool. Yeah. And then I will say, for a while, I thought I wanted to be a wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Because you know, I work a full-time job and you should wedding on the weekends. So it's going to be fine. And then so I um, reached out to some local photographers and asked, hey, can I like second shoot for you or help you out or assist you? And we'd do that, and I'd go, and I was like, like, can you go take the rings and do some ring shots? I'm like, I was like, oh, no. Details? Detail shot? Like, no, I don't want to. Like, look at me like, 
I'm sorry, did you back talk to me? I'm like, I sure did. I do not want to take some stuff and put it in a corner with some flowers, right? Right, so then they, right. So then they'd, they'd be like, all right, so what do you want to do? I was like, can I go to the grooms where the guys, the, the, the groom and the best men are getting ready? And can we just like go there? Like literally so that, so, and for some reason, well, not some, some reason, <laughs> Wedding photographers, especially female ones, they don't want to go to where the guys are, right? Uh-huh. It's just uncomfortable. Like, someone would be like, you know, you want to, right, you want to be, in, be in a room of 20 guys taking pictures of them? And I'm like, what? Why is that weird? Oh, okay. So you've been a CrossFit coach where you have been in a room of 20 guys ordering them around. So that's not weird for you but for other mm-hmm. people it is and so and they like they look at me like what the hell and then like they realize like I'm just here to take photos documentary style and they try to like embarrass me and I embarrass them back even worse when they find out I shoot male boudoir like oh well, you shoot I was like you don't want to start this because I'm going to finish it um, <laughs> you're like I won't win exactly <laughs> but and so and then I would we would shoot like the couples like separately like before the wedding I'm like can we just keep shooting the couple like do they have to go to their wedding do they really have to go to their wedding? We're in a field right now, and it's really pretty. And there's sunset. No worry. I want to go talk to my guests. Well, really? I'm pretty amazing. Stay with me. And so I realized I did not want to shoot weddings. I'm wedding photographers. Like, I give them so much props. So oh, totally, they are amazing people. Like, I literally... Like every like year, like I raise like I'm not getting I'm not in a, dating anybody right now, but like I raise my budget like a thousand dollars every year. Like if I ever get married, my budget for weddings, like I my photographer, like I'm gonna gaslight them in a good way so hard. Like you're an amazing person, I love you. You are just a joy to be around. Because I like seriously, wedding photographers, mm, I could not do it. And so like I'll have friends like, oh hey, I know it's last minute, but I can't find someone. Can you help me? Like, no, I can't. I'm sorry. I cannot help. I mean, I, I can if you like desperately have, but you're going to turn a corner and I'm going to be there and there'll be fear in my eyes. I want you to know that. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to be here. It is not I'm, easy. No, I'm doing it for you. But they're like, look at me. Like, How are you, are you doing okay, Ray? How are you doing? I'm not doing okay. I told you I'm not going to be, I don't want to be here. I'm doing this for you. Can I go home now, please? With some, <laughs> with some wedding cake. I think the bride and groom with me, but other than that, we're out of here. So yeah, oh, no, man, that's funny. Yeah. It's 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 like a lot of people run away from uncomfortable things or or things that are typically uncomfortable, like right. photographing half naked couples. Like that could right. be very intimidating <laughs> to some people, right? But for you, you run towards it. Whereas weddings, I mean, <laughs> weddings are. I, I did it for a long time, and yeah. it was very hard. I did not enjoy it. I mean, I did for a little while here and there, but. But right. something that you said too that I think I think that in weddings happens a lot is people miss those moments right. because they are they're they're photographing what they think they should be photographing mm-hmm. and then looking down at their camera or, or taking a break whatever and missing those in between moments. So I'm really glad right. you brought that up because and even like just for personal branding sometimes those in between moments when they are they're relaxed because they think the camera is about to be done for a moment is when you mm-hmm. can get some of those really really amazing shots. Yes, exactly. Now, if you were to look back at your portfolio, if you're scrolling through, mm-hmm. how many of those moments that you have posted, because let's, you know, we'll be honest, sometimes we post our favorites, our most right. favorites. How many of those are those in-between moments versus you posing, directing, telling them, do this, and then you take the photo? 
Hmm, that's a good question. I'm not sure that I can say because maybe it would help to explain how I shoot couples yes, and why I can't really that. get great. pinned down mm-hmm. that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So shooting guys and shooting just for lifestyle, family, they're afraid. This is a general statement that does not apply to you know every mm-hmm. person, by the way. I just want to copy that. But of course. you're asking someone who's probably moving around and doing things to sit still in a stiff, uncomfortable outfit for an hour to an hour and a half while you listen to your partner attempt to negotiate with a small terrorist to sit still, right? <laughs> but you're like, I want you to negotiate with me as well because I don't want to be here either. And so it's like, and I think of those people, Not just it's not just, just guys who do this, right? It could be you know, just different partners. And I'm like, if that was me, and my partner wanted me to do a couple's boudoir shoot, what would get me to say, you know, yes? Is that Because, like, if you're going to ask me to pose with my partner partially or fully nude for an hour and a half, it better be worth it, right? In the sense of, like, I don't want to be miserable for an hour and a half mm-hmm. or however long mm-hmm. I shoot them. And so I give couples direction versus static posing. Say, hey, I want you to, you know, go against the wall and put your partner, you know, her back against the wall. I want you to give her your cheesiest, most horrible pickup line. And he's like, I don't know. You know you have bad pickup lines. Like you, you, <laughs> even if you haven't used them, your friends have used them. And so, like, they'll do that. And she's, she's trying not to laugh, right? Because he hasn't even started. And she's laughing because she knows it's going to be good. And so he, mm-hmm. he starts to laugh. And so I shoot in silent mode for couples. I, I shoot with a Sony A7R three. You can't hear the shutter click. And so couples don't know when I start shooting. And they don't know when I stop shooting oh, I love right that. it's all mm-hmm. silent mode and so you know I, I give them direction what to do like and why and, and so they they, they actually get the laughing shots right and then I say well okay no seriously now like you know like you're still in this position it's, it's really good lighting why don't you tell your partner three things you like about them and then like he'll say like I really like the way that she really is encouraging and that she really just knows how to be like there for me when I need her the most. And so, she, and she's like, I love this. Like, you know, she's getting like uh-huh, gaslit uh-huh. in a good way. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Did I ask what you loved about your partner? No, I did not. What you like about her. That doesn't count. So let's go ahead and dial it back. What do you like about her? It's like, I don't know. It's like, you don't like anything about her? And then he starts, you know, and so we go back and forth and I'm like, literally, if you say something and it's a love, you are wrong and you're rooting the session. And like, so they're laughing. because so it's, it's like a lot of banter. Like yeah, fun. Like, yeah. Like, think about your husband, right? Like, think about all the things you like about him. It's really hard to, mm-hmm. because like, there are some mm-hmm. things like, like, I like the way he, no, you love that. You love that. And so that makes them think gets them to interact, like just ways that they can interact where I can be the photographer, but then, you know, ways to get them just to show emotion. Something like that yeah. for that yeah. example. So do you have like, because I think this is good. I think this helps give our listeners ideas of, of if they are posing couples, you know, how to mm-hmm. get those genuine reactions and genuine 
emotions and like, do you have a repertoire of just different questions that you ask or, yes, you know, interactions? Okay. So I started with like posing cues that you do for an engagement session, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's so many questions that people, you know, ask their, you know, couples when they're shooting them. Like one of them that I used to ask a lot, it was like a question that went viral. And it was like, I think, I can't remember what photographer is. It's a photographer or somebody said this. I don't even know who or when or what. A couple of things, two, three years ago. And it was like, tell your partner, you know, on there's the wedding day, out of everyone on the planet, your partner chose you, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like you're, like, it's not like you're perfect, but you're perfect for them. Please tell your partner why you chose them. And so I, I, this is at, I did this at the very end. I don't do it anymore. Um, it's at the very end. I say, hey, by the way, this is a really personal question, you know? It's something like you, like, you know, depending on how long you've been together, like, you mean, you know, months, years. So Tom, I'm going to take a longer lens and I'm going to go to a point where I can't hear you answer that question. I don't want to know the answer. So it's not mm-hmm. my right to know that answer. So don't, I don't want to whisper it to her. And then also I'm going to play music to make sure that I cannot hear it. And then I just sit back and I'm like, cry. I hope they cry. Somebody cry. Yes, I see the crying. This is beautiful. Yeah, yeah you know, and I'm just like, ooh. I'm, yeah. So there's like a range of questions from like lighthearted, playful, fun to more like middle serious, I guess. And then like super serious. But the goal is to just have them talk and share. And some of my favorite favorite sessions are when like, one partner's like, I didn't even know that about you. I didn't, I had no idea that that even happened or you thought that, you know, and so, and especially couples who've been together for like, you know, years and just find out more things about their partner. And at the end, I've had several people say like, I felt like I was in a therapy session for yeah. like however long you photographed me. But like, only the good parts were talked about. And I was like, you know what? Whatever happens tonight, you're welcome. You're very, very welcome. Yeah. That's so yeah. cool. Because it's, you know, obviously being photographed can be a very very vulnerable position to be in. Especially if, mm-hmm. if the partner who didn't book the session didn't really love the idea of it. Right? And man, I remember some of the couples that I photographed. They were just like, they weren't touching each other. They just were, I don't know if they got into an argument in the car on the way there. Like, oh, so much can happen. And I feel like that is such a great way to bring them back together and and remind them like, okay, you do love each other and you are (laughs) intimate. And and I just feel like it puts them at ease. And gosh, at the end of it, they can think back about the most beautiful things that were said to them. Hope, you know, that hopefully their partner was able to say wonderful things about them, which of course, I'm sure 99.9% of the time it does happen. Mm -hmm. But what a cool experience. Yeah, that's definitely my goal. And one thing that I do that's probably a little bit unique is I need to make sure that both couples are on board with the session. There definitely be varying levels of like just not being sure what's gonna happen, like being nervous. Like mm-hmm. everyone is nervous, everyone is anxious. But I need both people to be on board. So I'll ask like each couple to make sure that like do you really want to be here? Do you really want to do this? No one is forcing you. No one cajoled you. 
you really are trusting me with this process. Because mm-hmm. if we're going to spend two to three hours taking a photo of emotion and your emotion is fear and disgust and or panic, I don't want to be there either. Let's all go and leave this place, mm-hmm. right? And right. it's usually the one partner who wasn't sure that by the end, I'm like, sir, you're getting real aggressive right now. Or ma'am, I'm sorry, but I thought you didn't want to be here. And now you're you're doing something that's not what I thought you'd be doing right now. So let's <laughs> dial it back a little bit and remember a little bit of why you didn't want to be here because you're acting a fool. Calm it down. And so I do like love that energy of like I tell my clients too like you will have a little bit of like worry. I'm not going to try to remove all worry and doubt. It's just, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But you can ask me any single question that you want, and I will answer it. I will answer it so thoroughly that you will ask me to stop answering your questions. You will tell me, Array, please, I know that I asked that, but you're giving me a lot of information. I'm like, well, you asked, and you want to know. I want people to feel empowered by their session. I want them to know that anything that happens during your time with me is because you voluntarily wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I yes. probably err on the side of being overly cautious. But I'd rather that than someone say, you know, I went to Array and I wasn't sure about it and I felt like she was pushing me and I didn't want to do it, but she said I should. No, that's not what I want. What I want to hear is Array, you, we said yes five times. Let's just do it now, okay? <laughs> right. that's, if you said right. yes for the fifth time, we'll do it. All right, yeah. fine. Yeah. Well, I know someone out there is thinking like, okay, Sometimes we have clients who are fully clothed who maybe don't want their photos shared publicly. Mm-hmm. So right. do you have that conversation about what photos, you know, will will they let you use this in your marketing? Because let's face it, we need we need photos in our portfolio <laughs> in order to market, but that is not right. our number one priority when we have clients paying us. Right. So how do you handle that? Well, you know, these are not everyday, you know, portraits that you're going to put on your mantle. Well, excuse me, generally speaking. Some people do, like they're very proud of their photos. They put an, an album in mm-hmm. their coffee table. Usually it's like an individual versus a couple's photos. And so because of the intimate nature of these photos, I just tell couples, here's the deal. You're paying me to celebrate you, whatever that means. So if you don't want anyone to see these photos, no one's going to see these photos. And so I have different levels of reveal. So the first one is like, I can share anything that we take on the session that you pay for. That's like level one. Uh, level two is like, I can show photos if it's anonymous, right? Like you can't tell. But I tell people, that's only really if you don't have tattoos. If you have tattoos, even though you can't see your face, we know who you are, right? So just be at your discretion. Or couples are like, well, we want to see them first. And so with those couples, then, you know, we'll do the reveal. And from the photos they choose, I ask, you know, which photos are you comfortable with me sharing on social media? And the ones are comfortable with me sharing on social media, I will put them in a file saying, you can only share these, right? I don't try to memorize which ones they are, right? So I put in a file, social media approved. And then so like a couple of months later, when I go, I can go to that file and say, okay, here's the file that I can show. We're good to go. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, so that's how I do, yeah. Um, releases. I, I do do, they're called, you know, generally speaking in the photography world, they're called model calls. I call them creative calls. And in these creative calls is where I get a model 
really a full model release exchange for a reduced session fee and a discount on uh, products like a minor, a small one. But I'd rather have that and people know and understand what's going to happen with their photos versus trying to <laughs> ask someone who came to me because they trusted me to then like try to get them to get their photos posted online. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes so, sense. Right. Will you, okay, I'd love to go through a little bit of your your business process, like, okay. you know, do you do packages and your pricing and that sort of thing? But before we do that, I know you have a full-time day job. Tell people what your right. day job is. So I practice what's called commercial real estate finance law. And so I help banks service their commercial loans. That is what I do during the day. Right. What is So that means, like, for example, let's say this is a property in a mall. Right, it's like a mall ten minutes from my house. It's more than likely going to have a loan for I'm guessing, just randomly guessing, ten million dollar loan. Well, so that loan was probably securitized, and I will not go in depth on that because that would just make your eyes glaze over. But the property owner is going to have questions just in general about their loan. And so they're going to go to the bank. If it's a legal question, the banks can come to me and say, hey, Ray, we have a, a borrower who has a question legal, you know, illegally, and we want you to represent us you know, as we go back and forth with that property owner. So that's what I do during the day. It's completely 100% different yeah, um, that's what I was say. than what I do. <laughs> and it's funny because people are like, Ray, why? How? How? How does that work? And I tell them, one of the things that helps me is that everything is streamlined. Everything has its place. Everything is like, I won't say, obviously legal issues are not black and white, but my processes are the same. And Mm -hmm. so that helps me feel confident in what I do, especially with a fast pace. Um, And so like I can hyper-focus on that like I literally there's a couple two weeks ago I was asked to draft a document and I was I'll I'll update this document as I'm drafting it right how you know like it's just a quick update nine hours later oh and halfway through the update telling myself array no what why did you decide that this was the time you were going to change the spacing why did you decide this was the time you thought that the commas and quotations needed to all be different, but yet the same? <laughs> I'm like, you know, like a different person, um, but I definitely have my, what do you call them, idiosyncrasies in terms of that. And so like, it's, I'm definitely a, mm-hmm. a perfectionist and it's just a, it's a different part of my brain that's being used when I'm doing my day job. Yeah. It just, it, yeah. I get really excited to call clients, ask me questions about things like easements. I'm like, I'm going to tell you about this easement, and you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this. And by the end, they're just laughing at me like, right, you really care about easements. I'm like, you have to care about easements. What are they going to do? Like, do you really want the county to come onto your property without having a piece of paper that says they have to repair and restore and structure? And they're like, okay, well, I mean, take your word for it. Yes, you will take my word for it. Easements are important. And then I'm like, did you say out did you say out loud, Array, that easements are important? Yes, I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my 10-year-old self who thought that I was gonna be, I don't know what I thought, 10 years old. Although it's funny because when I was little, I wanted to know everything. Like I thought for some reason that a person could know every single thing. And to start my journey 
of knowing every single thing. Who was the smartest person that I knew at 10 years old? My dad. My dad was really, really smart, mm-hmm. right? He's a doctor. He's intelligent. He talks to other doctors. He's brilliant. And do you know what he's going to do? He's going to share his wisdom with me. And how I'm going to do that? Dad, why? 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 Everything was why. And at one point, he was like, you're going to make a great attorney one day. And I was like, <laughs> you say, but you say that very frustrated. He's like, no. I am not frustrated, right? I am not. But maybe for a little bit, we can stop asking why. And I was like, why? He was like, ah! Why do you always stop asking why? He's like, just go away. Go away. It's like, okay, well, okay, okay, bye. But I came back, yeah. So I think that kind of like spurred me on. And then I learned in law school and now it's not a matter of knowing everything it's a matter of knowing what you don't know and having the resources available to get your questions answered that is what I learned um just generally speaking as an attorney yeah yeah that's great so then if you you know you have your full-time job so how how often are you shooting per month and then tell us a little bit about your pricing and how you how you price this, you know, this whole genre. So I shoot about like maybe once or twice a month for clients. And then I try to do a creative project or excuse me, like a creative personal project at least like once, maybe every couple of months. Those are just for me. Like they're them. I usually try to reach out to a professional. Like I um I've had the opportunity to meet some really amazing people who were just roped into being my friend. Like, they don't really know how it happened. Like, they'll be like, all right, how did you rope into being your like, friend? Like, how did we become friends? And I'm like, I don't remember. All I remember is we're friends. But really, I was like, you had no chance to not be my friend. I'd th- I think it's cute that you <laughs> thought you had a chance to not be my friend. You did it. Um, and so... If I meet someone and I think like they're pretty cool people and I, and I see that they might think that I'm kind of a cool person too, something in my mind says automatically, we're friends. My, I might have met this person yeah. like two minutes ago, but in my head we're friends. And with friends, I really don't have filters. I'll just say random stuff. And they're just like, what? Yeah. Like what's happened? So people are like, like, oh, this is a little weird. Like you're really coming on strong. I don't really, you know, like, then you have those people who are like, oh, okay. Well, here you do that. I'm going to do it back to you. I'm like, oh. Okay. And so we're talking and they're like, wait, wait a minute. Somehow I've agreed to do a photo shoot and we're going to be in a poll. What is happening? And I'm like, mm, <laughs> it's too late. Sorry. Just like, I'm like, you're going to be on my podcast. <laughs> you know, like right away. I'm, exactly. I can relate so much to everything you're saying. Sometimes I'm like, people must just think I'm too much. They have to just think I'm too much. Oh God, right. just, just rein it in, Mickey, <laughs> rein it in. It's no. So, so I like, I have a friend who he used to be a professional ballet dancer in uh, the OKC Ballet. And so I reached out to him. We collaborated. He's now in San Diego and he's just he's like, I asked him, like, why would you move? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're in, you know, dancing in San Diego professionally, and you're not a cracker. But what about me, right? What, I, what, what about me? And so um, I have several friends who are professional ballet dancers. And then I have some friends in Vegas that I met 
one friend, he used to be on the Magic Bike Show. Now he's doing the RuPaul's Drag Race. And his um, nice. husband used to do, I think he was in uh, one of the swimmers in, um, was that maybe the, like a hotel? I can't remember what it was. Like, it's a Rev? Anyway, he's modeling now. So I've had them do stuff for me. And then I'm, I made them volunteer their friends as tribute. And that's how I um, was able to pho- photograph a professional aerial pole dancer. People are like, how do you meet these people? And I'm like, I have no idea. I can't tell you. I'm sorry. I don't know. It just happens. <laughs> it just happens. It just, it just, it just happens. And so oh, I love it. that's completely separate, right, apart from what I do for boudoir. And that, that okay. structure is different. But just the, in, in terms of just like that creative process of like, I mean, as long as you're safe, right? Although if I had the ability to add pyrotechnics to my boudoir experience, I would do it in a heartbeat. I don't know how that was going to happen. I'm like, if anyone out there who's listening wants exactly. to help or If you <laughs> want to give me a movie set budget for my boudoir business, I'm, I'm all open. I'm, it's here. And so that's kind of how, how I do that. But for boudoir, um, my session fee for individuals is you know, $300. That's going to get you, you know, time with me. We send a questionnaire. Like it's kind of pretty in-depth of like what you want, what your, your experience to be. Do you want to make it unique? Do you have a special thing you want to do? Or do you want me to be the one in control? Kind of just let me take the reins. And then for couples, it's 400 And then my prints and products are separate. I offer digitals. They can buy digitals if they don't want, if they don't want um, products at all. And my digitals are $250 with a minimum of five. So you have to five, buy five digitals from me. And then my collections, you know, I offer packages that include like, um, like excuse me, my first package is like the Sue uh, Bryce reveal box. Um, you'll see, you'll get that, that box, you know, and then eight matted prints and the core cutting digitals. Look at those for 1900. And then mm-hmm. I offer my middle collection is you get 20 images, I believe, and a, the bigger reveal box. So like the smaller one is 8 by 10 the bigger one is 11 by 14 And you'll also get a metal wall art with that as well. And I find that, especially couples like the metal wall art and like seeing their images that they can hang in their bedroom walls. And I really like them to be able to just share and display that. And then my, my top like of that structure package is uh, 3900 And with that, you're going to get... A 10 by 10 boudoir album and then the matted prints if you want the reveal box you'll get a 20 by 30 metal wall art and then you'll get digitals as well i then do have awesome. p- packages for all an all-inclusive experience as well for both individuals and couples so if you want the whole shebang okay gotcha okay cool all right so yeah it's you know Pretty, like, simple, straightforward mm-hmm. packages. They get prints. They get the accommodating digitals. That's cool. Right? Okay. Yeah. And then how, I, I know you said that sometimes people are like, how, how are you meeting these people? And you're like, it just happens. But, <laughs> like, for, just for the listeners' sake, right. how do you market this? And how do you how do you find your paying clients, I guess, mostly? Okay. So I primarily market using Instagram. When I first started, like, trying to find my ideal client, like, I wrote in a list of what they did, who they were, just like where they would be. And I talked to like former clients that had photographed as I experienced it. And I realized my clients might not even have a Facebook. They may have just gotten in and deleted it. 
and or they check it couple every couple of months to like update to make sure their grandparents are happy. So I was like, if my ideal client is not on Facebook, why am I going to spend my time trying to create a boudoir Facebook group to engage my not ideal client? And so I transitioned over in just marketing to Instagram. And then I also get business through my website. You know, as we mentioned before, like shooting guys and shooting couples is still pro- relatively new. So what if you Google couples boudoir, especially in Oklahoma, I get pretty good with SEO just because it's it's relatively new. I mean, obviously, as it picks up, I may get pushed down and have to do a little bit more work in terms of like updating. But, but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's usually how I get clients is um, Instagram and my website. Very cool. Yeah, I tried TikTok. You did. You did. What? Didn't work out. <laughs> I tried TikTok, but then I was just like, I got tucked in, and then I was like, it's like four hours later. I'm like, you'd not create a video, but you know all the dances <laughs> and you know all the jokes, and you can make a recipe for a fried chicken wing, butter, pineapple salad, cake, no problem. Oh my god, it, yeah. it's oh, such a time suck on really on TikTok. Is. Like, I will not allow myself. Every so often, I have to look at it for some reason, and then I've mm-hmm. lost 20 minutes, and I'm like, okay, nope, mm-mm. I just will not allow myself to go there. Yeah, that's <laughs> Some people are amazing at it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Some people are like, like David Suh, who I interviewed, he's like, yes. has millions of followers now, and he's just absolutely incredible. But okay, so SEO, you said, is mm-hmm. is a huge part, which which makes sense because if it's not a saturated genre yet, like mm-hmm. you're going to pop up. So that's right. pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Awesome. So do you do you see yourself wanting to do this full time or is this something that you're cool with just, you know, you know, your attorney job and then doing this on the side? I don't want to do photography full time just because this is a creative outlet. And once this becomes a full-time job, I'd have to find another creative outlet. And that's not something that I want to do. Like, I obviously, I don't, the goal is not necessarily to make money. The goal is to be compensated for the value of my work and make money to then be able to fuel the passion for creativity, right? Like, my prices are in line with other boudoir photographers, within like my same skill set and level. I'm actually ironically priced a little bit lower. I'm on the low end of boudoir photographers in my like same kind of like level of experience. I've actually reduced my pricing from what it was before. Cause I, you know, I had friends say, Array, like your work is so amazing. You are undercharging. You should raise your prices higher. And I did for a while. But then I was like, my ideal client cannot afford <laughs> to pay these prices. And so, yes, there are boudoir photographers who can bring in like $7,000, $8,000 for a session. But that's that takes a lot of time investment to get to that place. And I don't want to do that, right? I don't want to have to do that level of work to provide a collection that's valued at $8,000. Meaning the size of my lingerie closet, the studio space, the props, the level of like CRM management. Like these photographers are doing this as their full-time job and they're photographing probably, you know, between eight to 12 clients a month. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's going to start to become 
repetitive. It just has to be. You have to streamline it when it becomes a job like that. And so while they can still be artistic to some degree, they cannot they cannot invest the amount of time trying to create a one-of-a-kind experience if you're doing it that many times. And so I I celebrate them for that, but I my mind would probably shut down pretty fast, quickly in terms of like enjoyment. Yeah, and that's good. It's like you know your limits. You know what you need. Yes. You know what you want right. to do. And, right. and not everyone has to be a full-time photographer. So it's... No. Yeah, you can make it whatever you want. Whatever you want your business to be, you can make it. So I love that. Yeah, and also like doing this part-time allows me to say no, right? Mm -hmm. I've had some inquiries where I'm like, this is mm, like, like if I have to pay rent, right? If I have to pay for some stuff, I'd probably maybe ignore some red flags. But because I don't have to, I'm going to say no. Yeah. So that's that's nice feeling. When you don't need it, it's so much easier to say no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, that, and, and that's a luxury. I completely understand not everyone has that luxury. And so I definitely appreciate it. I also appreciate health insurance, vision insurance, mm-hmm. and dental insurance. Those are really important things. And I you know, there's the marketplace, but... I can barely adult myself. Trying to I find, know. yeah, I'm no. adulting. God, I know it's really not cool. <laughs> it's not cool at all, man. I don't like it. Oh yeah. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of this with me. This is this is super interesting, and yeah, we've never had anyone who's talked about couple boudoir before, couples boudoir before on this podcast. So you're the first, alright. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But I do have a couple more questions for you, and I always ask these at the end of each episode. Okay. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? Music. Music, yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I typically will ask my client what musical genre they enjoy listening to. I do have some hard limits of what will not be playing in my studio. But other than that, it's pretty free reign, and I find music relaxes. Music is just kind of facilitates and then depending on like what we're doing can change the mood so I really um and sometimes me and my clients take dance breaks when a really good song comes on and you just need dance breaks (laughs) so yeah outside music very cool real quick I know this is I'm totally getting distracted here but there is a series of photos on your Instagram Mm -hmm. it's a couple and they're in a pink tutu and they're like on the roof (laughs) Yes. Freaking love it. Was that your idea or just one of your put together photo or was it their idea? You have opened up a story time. Oh, let's do it. Okay. So um, a couple of years ago, I went to call it a boudoir camp. It was a group that's no longer in existence right now. But at that time, I met a fellow photographer and his name is Rob Woodcox. And he was there kind of experienced the camp he's going to teach that the next year. And I had wanted to do a session with queer couple. And usually it's other photographers there. So it's kind of like they don't know each other very well. And there was not that many opportunities to do that. I said, hey, hey, Rob, I really want to do a session, but it's going to kind of be a stranger session. And that's actually 
Have you heard of those before, stranger sessions? I have. Isn't that where just two people all of a sudden are being mm-hmm. thrown together as a couple? Yes. And you're photographing them as though they're a couple. Right. And I like to make things very hard, right? I like to like, oh, we're going like, to hold my beer. And so I said to myself, you know what I haven't seen anywhere is a queer couple's stranger's boudoir session. Mm-hmm. And people were like, what? And I was like, just roll with it. Roll with it. And so Rob volunteered his tribute. And he actually connected with somebody that, like a friend of a friend, and he messaged uh, this individual, his name is Mark Shea, and said, hey, Mark Shea, I have a friend who's a photographer, and she's interested in doing a stranger session. Would you be interested in taking place? And Mark Shea, later, she's like, what the? You want me to do what? I, what? <laughs> he's like he, he said he was gonna say no but then he saw my work and he said he would at least listen right so like just you know, he was intrigued but like also like not a hundred percent sure and so mm-hmm. and I was actually with some other photographers so there's I want to say like three or four of us that photographed that session but I was like kind of like the lead since it was my idea and the one thing that I think that helped us get some amazing photos is like first of all obviously Rob and Mark Shea met and then talked to me and kind of walked through how it would work and the one thing that I was very very clear on was you two are highly intelligent individuals who know like what you're comfortable with this is a stranger session and it's boudoir your body your choice body autonomy if there's any Mm -hmm. inkling whatsoever that you are uncomfortable and you want this to stop at any point in time, you please tell me. If I see your face is very uncomfortable and you don't want to do this and you haven't spoken up yet, I will yell at you so hard. I will make you cry for not standing up for yourself. And they're like, okay. Okay. I'm like, okay, good. As long as you know that if you don't stand up for yourself, it's going to be bad for you. As long as you know that, we're good to go. And so, oh, and then also... After that, they went out to lunch together, right? For two hours, they just talked and it was like, kind of made their own little like rules for themselves. So when they came back, it was a stranger session, but it wasn't like a complete stranger session, if that makes sense. And so we forgot them in different ways. And a friend had a tool skirt. It's like a plus size tool skirt. And we were like, can two guys fit into a plus size tool skirt? Turns out, yes. Yes, they can. Um, are, they we're, a, are they a couple now? Um, they are friends now. Okay. And they and they've yeah. remained friends, and they visit each other. I mean, you can tell. Yeah, not that um, I wasn't stalking or anything, looking at right? you know, because they're both just such beautiful people, you know. I, honestly, like Mark Shea is an amazing human as well. Just such a he at the time he he's. Former, former professional dancer. He was a, he's a model. He is also in school for, I can't remember what it was. And so he's, I was just like, like how, how can you pick perfection, Rob? Like literally you picked, and obviously Anne Marsha is, is beautiful, right? Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. But I was, I, and I told them, at the, like I think I've told Rob and Marsha since then, I will never do another couple's boudoir stranger session. First of all, the liability is just like can you imagine like 
if anything were to happen with two strange right, people, right? right? Yeah. You, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. And then also, too, I was just like, oh, you know, all right, like you did that and that experience and the connection. Like, how can I top that? I don't even know. I, I love their photos so much, like two and a half years later. Like literally, they they connected so well together. I, I I didn't create that. I didn't do that. Like, I don't know how it happened. So um, that's the kind of the story behind that session. And we kind of shot them all day, like me and some other photographers. And so at the very end of the session, it was like seven or eight, because we, we shot for a little bit, took a break, ate, they went out and did some stuff, came back. I'm sorry, did some stuff, grabbed dinner and then came back. And then I was like, hey, guys, how do you feel about getting in a tub? And they were like, uh, sure. And I told all the other, other photographers, okay, you've, you've had your fun with these two taking photos, but they're mine starting now, right? <laughs> and so the photos of them in that tub, there was a, there's a skylight right on top of them. And that's how they're lit. Um, because there, were, I don't think at that time that there was um, it was natural light. So people were like, how did, how does that work? Right, because the, the, the room looks like it's it, it is four walls. So there's no light from you know the walls themselves, but the entire top part was a skylight. So I had you know I, I tried to shoot down from from outside and it, looked, it just looked really weird. But like I shot them that way. So then they had like you know eight hours of just talking and like just being physically at the hilt with each other. So by the time of the eight hours and I was shooting that portion, it was really great. I really I really yeah, enjoyed awesome. that experience. But it's a one of a kind experience. I won't be doing it again. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, I love those photos. The two two yes. ones especially. Yeah. I know. There's yeah. That was fun. Cool. All right. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Either job. <laughs> I really, that, that's what I do, right? I don't do anything else really. Um, <laughs> I used to work out a lot more than I do now. I do not. And funny enough, I didn't even mention this before CrossFit. There was something before CrossFit. I was going to be a food photographer and have my own food blog. And so for a little bit, I did food photography. And I went to a workshop in California with a couple called White. I think it was called White on Rice. And I really loved to cook. I immersed, because I'm in the CrossFit world, there's like whatever random diet people are really doing, paleo, primal. And so I became known as the Phaleo food queen. Do you know what Phaleo is? I don't. Phaleo. Okay, so generally speaking, the paleo diet is like, you know, you eat with your ancestors ate. So what you don't eat, like no gluten, no... Some people say milk, no milk, you know, know, just no grains, that kind of stuff. Well, as it turns out, even eating paleo, you can make stuff, especially using like flowers with made out of nuts or like cassava or whatever. And so people are like, hey, we're having a paleo party. Can you make something? So I come in with a cake. Like, why did you make a paleo cake? And I was like, butter's paleo isn't it? Right? <laughs> it sure Chocolate's is, right? paleo, isn't it? So like literally, <laughs> and the thing with the paleo foods is it's much denser fat and it's much more caloric. So it's not healthier. It's just meets the 
general requirements of paleo. And I was like, you know what? Again, hold my beer. So technically I'm eating paleo, but I, they called it paleo because you're failing at the paleo diet is what it was called. So they called it. I was like, okay, I was like, that's paleo. what I was wondering the, if that was a play on. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I mean, but I was like, but it's a grain-free cookie. I'm like, yeah, already. <laughs> but it has coconut sugar in it and it's delicious. I'm like, you know what? Don't ruin this for me. Okay. <laughs> let me have my let me have my fun. So I used to do that, but I'm I'm trying to get to do other stuff. But like really, right now, if I'm not working, it's usually photography. And if it's not that, it's it's really TikTok because it's bad. But there's so many funny videos. I can't help it. Yeah, I didn't mean to like say TikTok is not worthy. I'm just Can saying it? for my own like, uh, I just don't have any regulation self regulation when it comes to like. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> If you like watch TikTok long enough, there's a voice that comes on and like kind of tells you like, hey, you've been on this for a while. I think you should stop. And for the longest time, it was two guys, right? For anybody. But my initial reaction was like, I don't need you telling me what to do at 2.30 in the morning, sir. If I want to watch another video, I will. And you can't tell me what to do. So, but mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. they did, added a new person, and because you know TikTok is like a for you page, so it's geared towards you. So, like, there's this like black woman, like with my skin color, with like long dreads and her hair, saying, "Hey, you know, you've been on here for a while, and that's totally great, you know. But maybe just do you think you kind of maybe wanna take a little bit of a breath?" I was like, you know what? When you put it like that, maybe I will log off. I'm like, okay, fine, fine. I see what you're doing here, <laughs> and I see that you're manipulating me to do this. And that, like, she's saying the same thing those two other guys said, and it shouldn't matter because it's the same thing of get off, but the approach is different. So I will log off, but I know that I'm being mentally manipulated. I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was mentally manipula- manipulated recently into buying some really great things, though. A new pillow like that is like, okay, I got this pillow. This is so off topic. Sorry to listeners, but you're going to hear what I just got. Um, right. <laughs> Sutera pillows, I think it's called. S-U-T-E-R-A. It is okay. like changing my life. Um, that and then I just signed up for these kits, a science kit and a sensory Ooh. box subscription for my kids which I'm super stoked about and then Mm -hmm. I also just got this I got an email this is a little while ago I get a lot of random like affiliate will you post this and I'll give you something free and I'm like this is I'm never going to ever post and promote a product that I personally wouldn't love and use to my like quote-unquote followers on social media I'm never it has to be authentic and genuine Right. So someone reached out and asked if I would be part of their pasta and bread, fresh <gasps> pasta and bread sub- like subscription service. And I was like, oh, yes, because this is so like so much fresh pasta and bread is like, oh, give me all of it. So anyway, so I just signed up for that. And they're going to send me my first box and then they'll like have a code if people want to sign up. Anyways, like I'll have my own special code. I have to eat it and try it first. But anyway, yes. so those are the three things within the last week that I have been like suckered into. But they're all great things. So I'm, right? I'm happy about it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm happy about the manipulation for those three things. So anyway. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate that. I really do. I used to have a kitchen appliance addiction. So I do understand 
buying things that you're like, what what's happening? Why why is why is my card being entered into this website to buy this thing? You don't need it. A couple weeks later, it's so pretty and shiny. I can yeah. slice and dice and do all these things. Oh, yes. Yeah. So much dicing. I love it. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for things like that. Okay. Anyway, moving on. I feel like I could talk to you all day. Okay, number three is mm-hmm. what is your favorite inspirational quote? Hmm. I don't really have a quote per se, or if it is a quote, I've internalized the meaning um, more than the quote itself. But something that helps me, especially when I'm really stressed and or like just feeling overwhelmed with something, is I ask myself this thing that you're feeling and you're so overwhelmed and worried with and it's consuming your life in three weeks or two weeks or four days, will you remember mm-hmm. what you were even worried about? And usually the answer is no. Yes, and so I myself, love this. Yeah, so you can feel that stress. It's not going to go away. But save your mental energy for things that matter. Yeah. And I know I read that somewhere. I don't even, the concept is is not my own, right? It's someone else. I just don't know who it is. And so especially when I'm at work and then feeling overwhelmed or I'm getting ready for something and I'm just like, the world is ending. What's, you know, and then I'm like, you know what, Array? What were you worried about two days ago or mm-hmm. four weeks mm-hmm. ago? And you try to rack your brain and you can't even remember. That's the horrible part when you like look back. You're like, what was I so stressed about? Yeah. So I should remember that for myself. I, that, oh, this is so important. I'm so glad you brought that, this up. It, truly. This is something I, I live by and I remind myself of all the time. Exactly what you just said. And, and the phrase that I say is, this is a blip on the radar. It's a blip on the radar okay. that right. a year from now or a month from now, like you said, it's just it doesn't matter. So, so just you know, acknowledge it and just move mm-hmm. forward. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. It's a blip yeah. on the radar. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. I'm glad you said that. Okay, number four is what would you tell people who are just starting out in the trying to build their photography business? I would say this. You're going to want to get better at what you do, photography-wise. But you need to know how to run a business, especially if you wanted to do this full-time. Mm-hmm. Because it's not necessarily the most talented people that are successful in photography. It's the ones who know how to market and leverage themselves and get that business. And if you don't believe me, then go just look at the top, like the the most favorite and most person in different, like, or I should not, look at like the list of like the top favorites and compare their work with like Sue Bryce level work, right? They're not necessarily the best, but they have, people around them and skills and techniques to help them grow. So you can definitely want to grow as a photographer, but being a better photographer skill-wise is not going to be what makes your business successful. So don't for, don't let that push to the back burner of like, what's your cost of doing business? Mm-hmm. How much do you need to bring in to pay yourself? Do you gonna, Are you going to need to support? Are you going to need help? When you own your own business, you're paying both employee and employer taxes. So why, while you hear people saying, I'm running a six-figure business, yes, their business is bringing in six figures. How much are their personal salary? 
That's what you need to know. Because you can bring in half a million dollars, have expenses of $450. So like, so kind of know what your business is, know what's bringing in, know what you need to do to be successful. That's one thing. And then also another thing that I think is really important is have people around you, especially within this industry, who match your energy and are supportive of you. And if they are not supportive of you or don't match their energy, take their advice for what it is, but don't take it personal. I love um, that. Like, uh, for, I'll give you a quick example, just experience. So shooting documentary style, I explained to you that, you know, the light changes, you don't control, I mean, that's, it, it's what happens. So like, I am used to shooting photos with like a 2,500 ISL, right? Wow, yeah. And that, photographers are cringing. Like, I just hear the mental scream of shooting that high. And so that, and that's going to be great, right? But like, if I captured a picture of your two boys, laughing and giggling and just crying with laughter and the grain's 2,500? Are you going to tell me you don't that photo? And I'm saying it's like it's not like a laughing, like just everyday photo. It's like where you have an image in your head of your kids and I got that exact image, exactly the way you pictured it in your head. I captured it and said, hey, this photo is exactly what you will think about every time you see your kids or every time you see your kids in this picture, like 25 years from now, this is the photo you want to see. 30 years from now, this is the photo you want to see. This is the photo you want to have your son at his wedding. You want to give to your grandchildren and say, this is what your dad looked like. This is the photo of all photos. And it's shot at 2,500 ISO. Are you going to tell me, well, it wasn't like, the ISO is a little too much. So I don't want it. No, you're going to buy that photo, right? So you just have to kind of play around with that ISO. And so I'm talking about like shooting and having grain in my photos and people are chiming in saying, you sh- your ISO was too high. Why did you put it that way? Trying to, trying to explain to me why I'm shooting at a beginner level and I need to understand that I should not have shot those photos at that high uh, grain. And so I asked these people, do you know what documentary photography is? And they're like, no. If you don't know why I did what I did, then you can't give me advice about shooting with grain. Mind you, if Kirsten Lewis says, why did you shoot that at 2500 ISO? You should have done X, Y, and Z. I'm all ears because <laughs> we're at this point, we're friends. She's, you know, the, she is the, the queen. She, you know, I'm going to take her advice, whatever she said, right? I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it. But it's because, you know, we're friends. She matches my energy level. I'm going to put my trust and value in what she says. But these people who don't even know what I'm doing, I can't take that advice. And so, because otherwise you're going to have people just telling you things that are wrong. And if you mm-hmm. listen to them, there are many times, like my first boudoir photographer mentor ever, you know, she told me, no one in Oklahoma will pay more than $400 for a boudoir session. Oh, yeah. People get stuff like that all the time. Ugh. If I listen to her, I raised it to $600. And my friends and people would tell me, or $600 is way too much for boudoir photos. You're not going to get anywhere. And I, have real, I had a real struggle trying to book clients at $600 a session. But it was because I was in that 
is that there's an area between 500 to 900 where you're too expensive for a certain level of clientele, but you're too cheap for the other clientele. And when I pushed past that $1,000 level and got above, I got more clients. But if I had just thought to myself, she said, she said no one would pay 400 and I'm at 600 she has to be right, right? So I would just say, like, take advice, but process it and make sure that you're just not just letting someone who may or may not know what you do control and define your life for you. So that's what I'd say about the, the like, just, there's so much more, but I'm like, just, those two are like, <laughs> no, the those biggest, are the both ones. important, very, very important. So that's right. Like, yeah. That's awesome. I do have one last question is where can people find you online if they're looking for you? My website is Intimate Lens Studio. That's where I showcase my um, work, you know, all bodies, all sizes, all types. I, ironically enough, I specialize in a plus size boudoir. And I say ironically enough is I don't get that many plus size clients. And so it's a little bit like sad, like, like Array, I'd love to see more plus size people. Because I would too. I really would like to see more plus size clients. But I mean... Body image diversity is it's still a relatively new concept of like getting to be more inclusive. And so I specialize in a lot of different things. Um, you know, Terry um, Hofford, she's mm-hmm. my mentor as well. And I've, and I've been to multiple of her workshops for plus size, celebrating plus size and biodiversity. And so um, that's all a little bit there as well. And then I'm also on Instagram at Intimate Lens Studio. I have a TikTok, but there's no videos posted but people still follow me i'm like i don't know why don't follow me even though there's no photo or no video there's no photo. yeah and i'm like what i'll get a new message someone's added you for what purpose but yeah so you can mainly find me on my website and on instagram awesome cool well thank you so much for spending time with me i hope we get to hang out in person again at some point that would be amazing yes i would love that yeah very cool Well, for now, I will see you online. I'll be stalking your work. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. 